If I have a booger in my nose, let me know. Yeah, same, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like people are not good at being on booger patrol when they need to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I'm a boogery guy. Yeah. I call them bats in the cave. Listen, yeah. it's a choice. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> Is like, it though? do we want to be close? If I see a friend in need of booger patrol, like, Take action, you know? It, well, no, a friend is is a, an always. What about a stranger? It's a no. A stranger Complete is a stranger. choice. Yeah. That's, oh. a, that's a choice. You're oh. meeting them and you're like, do I want, like, who's around? Are they going to be more uncomfortable if I tell them? Yeah. You can just be like a real dick about it. You can do just I, be like, you, Yo, got, you fucking, got the biggest fucking booger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a booger. <laughs> Welcome to the fucking metaverse. My name is Wiley Aronow. Some people online call me Gordon Goner. I'm here with my fellow co-founders of Yuga Labs. I'm Greg Solano. Uh, people call me Garga on the internet. I'm Karem Adelaide, also known as Emperor Tomato Ketchup. And today I'm pleased to say we are joined by Jeff Nicholas and Lindsay Burns. Jeff, you are uh, the creative director and one of the founding members of Warp Sound. And Lindsay, amazing photographer. And uh, you guys have you guys have become my friends. Can I say you're my friends? Yeah, we, no, we're, like, we're like we're like Twitter yeah. pen pals. No, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like Twitter pen pals. Um, you guys are, are two of my favorite uh, members of the Web three space. Two of my uh, community members in BAYC, uh, early OGs, and um, just two people that I connected with very early on, and I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, like that first I, moment. Yeah, well, I, I think <laughs> we'll 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 dive right in. Yeah. There's like a bullshit detector, I think, that we have. Yeah. And and we we were like, oh, they're not bullshit. And I think maybe like that connection was like, oh, maybe we're not bullshit. Like there was like some sort of a thing. There. I literally remember yeah. the first time I saw you at like, I think it was Apest One or something. Yeah. Or yeah, that's right. No, that's right. Because yeah. you, we were in the, <laughs> he was in the merch line. I remember that. That's you, right. And you asked me like, that's Jeff Nevercloth. He said, okay, if I go say hi. Yeah, that was a crazy experience too, because I, I was just standing there and I, obviously no one knew who you guys were at yeah. that time. And you just walk up and you go, I'm Gordon Carr. And, and, and didn't <laughs> and then I was me, like, by the way, did not tell me. Well, I was like, I can't tell anybody. No one knows who they are. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Until appreciate we that. left. And I was like, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> what, what the f like you don't trust me. But he, he does. I appreciate the yeah. I appreciate the bullshit meter thing. Because I think, and I, I the more I've gotten to know you guys, the more I think that that might be a byproduct of L.A. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. That, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no? Would yes. you say something? I would say yeah. Because L.A. is one of those weird places where you're like, it, everybody thinks about L.A. as you know, Beverly Hills or Venice Boardwalk or, right. you know, and like the glitz and the glamour and, all, and Hollywood and all of that. And we've been there a long time. And so you have to find your your people and you you discover really quickly, like who Six are not years. your people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, I, think, I think everybody's my people until they hurt my feelings. And then I still want them to be my people. No, I can relate to that. <laughs> That's like the shittiest <laughs> thing about like being a pseudo public person that we are now is that like. I really just want everyone to like me. <laughs> it's like, that's just not going to happen because yeah. you can't it's like say good. anything on the internet without one person being like, fuck you, man. You know, yeah. man. I think if you, um, the, the way that I wouldn't look at comments is if you, if I were to like, look at all, like look at good things that people say about me online who don't know me and believe that, and then believe that, that hype, they don't know me. 
then why would I look at the bad things? So it's like a balance, That's right? Fair. So yeah. it's like it, the the more you let that stuff bring you up, the harder uh, the negative will bring you down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like so. it's actually difficult to echolocate with that info at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you know I've we've been in music for a long time. I've I've yeah. been in the music industry now for God, it's been twenty years, which is like a weird thing to say. But, you know, from being on the road and managing bands and then dealing with the industry and and you go through like there's so many different characters, like the music industry kind of lets anybody in. Like it's not one of those industries where it's like, oh, you're a developer, you're an engineer and you've studied to do that or you're it's just like, I fucking love music. Yeah. And then and then they like get in here and I'm here and then they get into a place of power or, you know, or they create great art or whatever. And so like from the very beginning, it was like, oh, like, look, they're trying to cut us out this way and they're trying to do that this way. And you have to like really navigate that. So this is a great segue, I think, into talking about some of your history and your thoughts on music NFTs. But I it's because I've been thinking a lot about this lately that and sort of um, what technology has meant and the Internet has meant to the music industry and starting really with Napster. And, yeah. And just shit getting out of hand. And and I was thinking about. We, we mentioned this on the very first podcast episode with Alexis Ohanian where he talked – we talked about Kurt Vonnegut and what it meant to be like a true artist. And Krem, you mentioned that he would write something every morning and then throw it out. Or he, he like advocates that you do that basically. Right. Yeah. And that to me was so – powerful when, when I heard that. I yeah. didn't even know that about him. And even though I have a tattoo of the guy, I was like, I was like blown away by it. And I was thinking about the music industry and how cut out of the, the deal making process, uh, especially lately they've, they've, they've gotten, uh, they've gotten it. And it's like harder than ever to make it in that industry. Right. Yeah. So if you choose to be a musician or well, whether it's a choice or not, who knows, but like what, if you are going to pursue it as a career, you kind of go into it thinking you got it. If you're being sensible, this probably isn't going to work out. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a bit lightning in a bottle. Right. For it to work. And so the person who's attracted to that is either a little bit delusional, which is cool because that yeah. can sometimes work or it's this, that they're truly passionate. Yeah. And I really, really, really want the creator royalty model that NFTs have set a standard for to be applicable to the music industry, because I think it would be so powerful but we have yet to see that shift. Yeah. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. I think you have to look at the history of the music industry to understand why it's so resistant to change and why things like the NFT space, the Web3 space, the creator royalty model are so hard for them to adopt. And when you look at it, when you go all the way back, right, you're talking about artists who were like picked up and, and you know, in Motown and they would be like, come in this recording studio and record this music and then we'll put out your record and you're not going to see a dime of that. And we are. And right. There's like exploitation that was happening like at every turn and a bunch of regulation had to get put in in order to stop that from happening. And then you fast forward and you go to this place of like, OK, now we've got like an established music industry where creators are being taken care of and we're selling tickets and doing and selling records. Right. And then uh, Napster comes in and P2P comes in and just like decimates music industry with the MP3. The labels had the opportunity to embrace that technology. And they said, no, nah, that's not going to be a thing. Like we sell CDs. Right. So like we don't need your MP3. Mm -hmm. And then they get decimated by it. And now they're like crazy, like, like worried about technology and technologists. Right. So they finally like get to a place with streaming where, OK, now we've started to put that back together. We can actually, you know, make money off of music sales again or people are listening again and valuing music in some way. 
And then this comes in and it's like a whole other change. Yeah. And so the industry side is like the established industry side is really resistant to that change. The creator side is like, oh my God, this is my savior, right? And so somewhere in the middle, I think that's what we're trying to find as a like a holistic entity, right? Like what is that middle where the creator can, you know, make those royalties, can create a living, but then the record industry and the establishment can participate and help, you know, they don't want to lose all their fucking cash. Right. right. Yeah. It's it's a that's bit the of a, thing. It's a bit of a technological issue too, though, right? <laughs> like, cause like, how does this medium actually differentiate itself from streaming, for example? Like, right. how does this ownership component, you know, make sense in the in a new yeah, way? Yeah, when you, you know, can like, listen to anything you want for $9.99. Right. And yeah. so like why would I buy an NFT of something? It's like it it takes like it's like taking the right click save thing to like another level almost, right? Because music is you experience it differently. It means something to own a record, right? Yeah. It's not quite the same with like streaming or whatever. Like I think that's like when I've been thinking about this, like I'm an avid record collector, like that's where I see this like maybe really working. It's like you you mint an NFT, it's like a music NFT, and there's some kind of like tangible experience associated with this thing. Or there's something special about it that's like goes beyond just the music. It's like reading liner notes or whatever. You yeah. know, I mean there's like something about it that distinguishes itself from just like streaming it on YouTube or Spotify or whatever. Like I feel like we need that component for this to work. Do you think it needs to be a digital physical though? No. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't at think all. so either. It can be purely digital. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know what that is though necessarily. It's uh, there's this is yes and so there's just so many different different ways to put this together and and the thing that I I I think about and this has not changed um as somebody who like I participate in traditional record labels pay me to take photos of their bands like they they're still I'm still actively participating in that if you want to hire me um <laughs> and um but uh, I I think that there's that what this does I think for artists is change the conversation and make it so that way, yeah. you know, there is another, another way. And before selling or sorry, before selling their souls, before signing these deals, um, there, it's a new conversation. And, um, you know, I, I remember sitting in a room at South by Southwest when streaming was just happening and it was a talk with a bunch of lawyers. And it was the first time that I had ever seen people that had gone to school for a really long time and say, I don't know, publicly. Hmm. They didn't know what they were going to do or what that was going to look like. And, um, you know, for I've, I've been recently thinking about this, like for a lot of the artists who signed deals pre-streaming, that were still in their deals, a lot of them still are, um, it was kind of like they had married their record labels and then their record labels went out and uh, like fuck somebody else. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. and, and like, that's so weird. Beep. Um, and no beeping on the fucking metaverse. And, they, <laughs> and, and, and so they, you know, they made side deals, if, if that makes sense. And so they didn't get to then renegotiate because they have these contracts. And, and now a lot of those deals... I think are are starting to come up and this has opened up a new way for them to negotiate yeah. and their eyes are open. They're more open because of what has happened. And then they can teach the newbies coming in, you know, Hey, there's, there's, there's more. If that I, makes sense. I think one of the, the interesting things, yeah, it, it makes yeah. total sense. And like <laughs> to your point earlier, the music NFT thing, I think what's happening is, the traditional music releases people are trying to experiment with uh, with putting that model onto an nft mm -hmm. 
And what you've got is a thing that actually doesn't support that model to your point, right? It's like collectible, like, give me an experience, yeah. give me something more. Yeah. And that's what's going to end up winning. I like that people are experimenting, but I don't think that model of like release track as NFT makes it's sense. It's exciting too, right? Because yeah. like we're sort of locked into this and the predominance of records, I think probably is the main reason why. Like we're, we're locked in this notion of like, oh, artists release albums and they release singles. And then, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, this is an opportunity to like create a new paradigm potentially, right? Where it's like, it's not even a song or a track. It's yeah. like a completely different completely fluid different experience. Thing. Yeah. When you think about why that model exists, it's because of the format that it came out on. And LP exactly. could yeah. only have exactly. a, a long play, right? Was the, the big version, yep. right? So that's why you have like a certain number of tracks. Why are they the certain length that they yep. are? Well, radio would only play two minutes and now, now they're a minute to a minute and a half because TikTok, right? Yeah. Two minutes, 30 second right 31 seconds so what we Perfect did pop song what we did with warp sound was like we've been working <laughs> it's so funny we this, this conversation gets really fucking weird all of a sudden like with what we're doing because ai is now like the topic of conversation yeah but four years ago when the team started building the ai that is warp sound no one wanted any part of it they were like Fuck your AI. AI can't be creative. We were building virtual artists that were, you know, made of zeros and ones that had no physical counterpart. It wasn't like a mirror of some other artist. It was like a brand new artist that had been created and was making music with AI. And people were like, you're out of your mind. That's not going to be a thing. You're not going to be able to do anything with it. Like, good luck. And, you know, we had believers along the way. We have, you know, great in, you know, early seed stage investors and advisors and things, people who did believe, but the mainstream and the recorded music industry was like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. So fast forward, that's four years ago. Fast forward to January, you know, this year, we launched the Warps collection and that sells out in pre-sale. Basically, it sold out in 12 seconds of on sale. Wow. wow. It's been the number one music NFT since. Uh, on OpenSea in terms of volume. Incredible. And we check every day. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, not anymore. But the 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 idea was like, what if we just do music differently? Right. And so what's been funny about that, and I'll tell I'll I'll mention like I'll talk about what that differently is, but we're technically a music NFT because the basis of it is music. It has a PFP component to it, but the basis is music. And the whole point is you get access to this larger thing with AI music. But the music industry and the music NFT people are like, oh, we don't know if you're a music NFT. And we're like, okay, you know, it's still this really weird thing because it's like, well, it wasn't a human that made that music. And like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it walks this really strange line between PFP, art, is, AI, music. Is there weird shit around like the rights then? Yeah. So that was the reason we did what we did, right? So we're building this AI that can create music. It's creating it, it's composing it in real time, and it can actually be interacted with in real time. We're building a whole interactive platform for it. But there was no way to really like show this to the world and, and show the power of it. And so we took that platform and actually, you know, when we, Lindsay and I got into apes, like, you know, we minted. Yeah, yeah we, I remember DMing with you you know, yeah. the night of the mint, and you know, you were in the discord the, yeah. that week when almost no one was there. And the only people that were yeah. there were trying to win the one ETH treasure hunt. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were in the photography space and then this happened and I was like instantly drawn to what was going on. It, there's, I, I think like realizing that you guys like kind of originated it here in Florida and I came from Florida, like there was like, there's like a bunch of like under the surface stuff that I connected to that I didn't realize. But when that happened, 
it, a light bulb went off for us and we were like, oh, wait a minute, like the PFP thing, the, the digital identity thing for our virtual artists might be a really interesting way to sort of get people to experiment with AI music. So what if we take and we create a PFP collection, but we feed those traits into the AI and let the AI make music based off of that metadata and those traits. So that's what we did. Each, each of the 10,000 have their own beat. And that beat is based off of like, if the background's yellow or, so you know, cool. whatever, right? So cool. Yeah. And then on the right side, you own that. So the AI created it. If you buy the NFT, you own that beat. You can do whatever you want with it, commercial rights. So for us, this was like a proof of concept in some way and a community build tool. Like, can we create music that people will want to collect and listen to? Will they use it for something? And then if, if that works, then we can create more. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What What is the AI trained on? Like, how does that like what goes into that? And yeah, like, taking that like rights conversation a little further, like, you know, presumably that belonged to somebody like once it goes through the machine, like who does it belong to at the end? Yeah, there's a proprietary um, MIDI library that's been, uh, you know, what that was purchased and put into gotcha, it okay. that it's learning from. But it's not a sound alike. Like it, it's learning like a human learns to make yeah. music. Right. So four years ago, it was fucking awful. You'd like hit play and it was like. That is unlistenable. And now, you know, I mean, we just scored the Mebit site, right? Yeah. Like, yep. That was, it sounds really good. And it's yeah. getting better every it's day, so cool. right? Yeah. yeah. Can I, can I back up a little yeah. bit and, and talk about... <laughs> Sorry, I get really, I like go artists. deep. Yeah, yeah. So um, just like a, a little bit backwards from, from that. So the company, Authentic Artists, they make virtual artists um, that play the AI music. And so Warps, the NFT project, are derivatives of those artists. Yeah. So there's three of them. There's four now, four now. because they um we bought they, a mutant. They bought a mutant, and then that is a virtual artist. And those virtual artists were performing on Twitch. And so in and so as uh, people who were, you guys didn't talk about this, right? Because I was like zoning out. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. No. I was wondering if there was a booger in my nose when this happened. So. <laughs> Sorry, we were, we, yeah, we were having a lot of booger talk before, <laughs> before we started filming. Okay, no. You can trust anyway. us. We would have told you. Um, yeah. okay, we are great, good great, great. We're booger patrol. Yeah. Stop me. Okay. So um, it, it was, it's like a human machine collaboration, social um, experience, right? So on Twitch, these virtual artists are performing with the AI music and you can type in commands and um and effective like affect the the music wow. so you're like you're doing that in real time with people while you're talking to them yeah um and you know and this is was really important when we were all locked up because of a global pandemic right. yeah and um and then we had we had discovered clubhouse yeah um so i'm like bringing this back to yeah. to um discovering you know, the Board Ape Yacht Club and um, which is like very funny how I got into it because I was mad at Jeff because I felt like he was finding all of these great NFT things. <laughs> and I and I was like, you never tell me anything. Well, just mint this, just mint this. And then he walked in one day and he was like, you need to, you need to mint this. And, and I was like, $200. And like, you know, <laughs> so cheap. I, was like, I don't have a job right now. Um, but there was such a, a, a big energy around it and we both felt it. And particularly um, in, the, in, the, um, in Clubhouse, which, yeah. which was interesting. Yeah. And, and there was like Farouk and I, it was you guys and, and it was a few others. And, and I was, um, we were complete newbies to Clubhouse. But then I like, I got invited 
uh, I think it was by Farouk or you or someone. Someone invited me to Clubhouse to join them because they were raiding rooms, making yeah, making. That was John shots. and John and oh. me, and yeah, and uh, and I had a lot of fun. I was like, I remember oh, you guys dreading right. Clubhouse. Like, I, well, yeah, that was, that was like our first speaking engagement. Yeah, essentially, yeah. it was like a day after Mint getting invited to do that and like installing and, it and trying to figure it out. Yeah, and audio apps are so scary. I was like, what is this? Yeah. I, I got well, Jeff, you invited me to Clubhouse, but I had been asked to speak with another photographer about sexism in the music industry mm. and I was like no and uh, that's scary and I still need work and I can't talk about that publicly yeah. and um and he said well it's not recorded and I was like put me in I'm ready so and that's, and that was really kind of then I got into it but I was like this is weird this whole clubhouse thing and then um through you know through the space uh got really addicted and and uh, but to like bring it back to the virtual artists I was I remember exactly where I was I was down in my hometown taking photos of this bridge, which I just put out um, a collection recently. And some of those photos are in it. And Jeff and I were talking on the phone because I was like, oh, okay, I'm coming home. And um, and he was like, I want to do an NFT project and I have this idea. And I was like, no, please go down. <laughs> because, you know, I felt like it was going to be really hard. And um, was and it? also he was really excited. Yeah, of course. And, um, yeah. it, but he was like, will you help me? And, you know, will you like help with this? And I was like, of course I will. And, um, and the, the, I, there had been this guy, Andy Poon, and he had done a derivative of one of my apes. He asked me if he could. And, um, when he, I, I said, well, I feel really precious about this ape in particular. And um, I don't want you to put it in a bad light. So I need to see, you know, um, I need to see the the sketches first. And what he sent me was like way more than sketches. And I was like, this artist is incredible. Um, and I showed Jeff yeah. and that was how they got the artist who made the derivatives of these three virtual artists. Wow. I, I think the thing that the, wow. that you're circling and, and that we're talking about here with music is it's this idea that like in the middle of the pandemic there, we had so such a limited connection with people and everyone, I heard this the other day on a panel that I was moderating this guy, um, Larry, uh, this guy, Larry, uh, he, he's a, Larry. yeah, he's a fantastic, uh, animator from Pixar and from DreamWorks and, and, uh, like Larry Cutler. He was like, I just want to make things that make people feel like they matter. Mm. People See. need to feel like they matter. And it, and it was this moment where it was like, you know, when we did the everything we're doing with Warp Sound and everything I think that people are doing in general in the music space is all about trying to bring other people in to feel yeah. like they matter in the moment of listening or the moment of collecting, in our case, in the moment of interacting with the music or making something right. And so that underlying it's like a big social experiment. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, will people give a shit about AI music? I don't fucking know. They seem to be. And it's really fun. And it makes people feel like they matter because they had an impact. Yeah. I mean, I, I think everybody wants that. And even even people who say that they don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah. why I'm a portrait photographer, too, is like I want I also want that for people. I want people to see themselves the way I see them. Like, I love humans. And but also I want you all the humans to love me. And we share that. We, we really um, share that. And I, I was actually sitting on a panel looking around at these people that I really admired, like all the people on the panel that I have gotten to know over the past couple of years, um, but not really known them at mm -hmm. all. 
and um and and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I I was like, this is my family now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it feels so good. And it it's taken some time. Yeah, it, it takes. It's time. not a coincidence that this time. shit was born out of COVID, right? Right. Because we were removed from. We didn't get to have that like the extended family of mm-hmm. our friends and whatever the people that we chose to bring into our lives. Yeah. We had to do it online, and so it was like, of course, the BAYC was born out of that. Of course, it was. Yeah. I I think like COVID actually brought more intimacy into like my life. And I think feel like a lot of people where it was like, it actually forced you out of like the rote, like, yeah, I don't talk to anybody. I put my earphones in. I like, you know, yeah. tra- you know, there yeah. was a period of time where I feel like I was talking to everybody that I hadn't talked to in like 10 years. We were like, oh, we have to have like a Zoom meeting now. Yeah. Whatever. Like, and I, call yeah. We like, were having I, like, like, we haven't talked like four hour, like, yeah, drunk Zooms like, every Friday or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. What I think it's really like, that's what brought me to music originally. Like when I got into the music industry or, or working in music, it was because I was like, well, these are these are my people, right? Like I can bond over yeah. like we're going to shows yeah. We're you know, we're getting fucked up like we're like doing whatever and that that was it and then i like fell into a situation where i was like <laughs> i met a manager who was like do you want to go on the road with my bands and i was like fuck yes let's go and then next thing you know it's just and but what happened in that is like i've met a bunch of people who were like into music and were like maybe we can make a career out of this maybe we can do fun stuff here oh. right and then like i have this weird thing around technology not a weird thing I, I always say that because in like traditional world, it is kind of weird. And that's kind of the point. I've always followed like the new piece of technology and how to integrate that with creative. And for a long time, that has always been like, oh, you guys are over there. Like that's like the nerdy side, like especially in like music or culture, like that's the nerdy side of things. And what happened in the middle of the pandemic and with everything that's going on in blockchain, it was all of a sudden we were like, oh, this is it. Right. And so everybody who was on the fringes, who was like super into technology and creative, like just got mashed together. And then that idea of decentralization, like we were, we are all our own little islands in our homes locked up, but we need each other, especially in a decentralized economy. And that connection through decentralization is like a really weird sort of paradox. I think it's, and I, and I think because like, if I'm, if I'm custodian of my own shit and you're custodian of yours, like I need, I need support to be able to do that, right? We all need support. And so we link up with people that we uh, care about. Interdependence. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, we're circling like a bunch of stuff there, but it's yeah. like, but that's the, ultimately that's the craving. All of a sudden, the nerds got cool. That, <laughs> I feel like that happened. All of a sudden, there's a cyclical thing, there's yeah. a, there's a <laughs> thing of nerds yeah. being cool and then nerds <laughs> getting Not being again. cool again. Yeah. But, but in particular, like the, the, tech meets creative part of it, it feels like one of the only real, like, I don't know, profitable career outlets for that kind of thing was like in the video games industry, yeah. maybe or something like that. But whereas like, like I have a, I have a family member who I'm, I'm close with, you know, has been a creative coder for 20 years. And it was like a, just like a passion. It was right? just like, he was just doing it and then had a job like making websites for other people and all that stuff. And it was just another one of those moments where like, oh no, no, like, you are like would be worshipped over here like this is all of a sudden a space that opened up in just like the last two years where like cool this this thing is finally finding like an outlet that and with that a lot of you know a huge community of people are getting a lot more attention and can sustain their creativity and do these other things yeah Um, and who doesn't want to be worshipped 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, by their peers, yeah. obviously. I, I remember seeing, like, like when we got into the space, into the Web3, you had been in crypto a little bit. I'd kind of been in crypto a tiny well, well, bit. I, I have to ask, because I yeah. ask every guest, what was, like, actually the first moment that you heard about crypto, and when did you actually get involved? Well, you answer crypto first. Your crypto story is funny. It's funny. Yeah. My, yeah, my crypto story is funny. Um, I liked someone. Like, like, this is before I met Jeff. Okay. <laughs> there are a couple, I, by the way, in case anyone has, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. hasn't I, noticed. I like, liked somebody who like, liked crypto and <laughs> talked about it a lot. And, um, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to pretend like I'm interested in this. And, um, and then I was like, I got a Coinbase account. How many years and, ago was this? Uh, this was 2017. Okay. And, um, and you went pretty deep on Ethereum. At the, it, you were like, yeah, Ethereum he, is my jam. Yeah. yeah. It, it was like, um, they said to me, um, go with what, which one feels good. <laughs> Just like, which one feels good. Cause I was like, this is not financial. Advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin was really expensive. And I was like, Ooh, Ethereum. I like that. And then I just started buying it. And, um, and then that wasn't really working out. Uh, for a minute, and then I put that away and didn't look at it anymore. Yeah. And um and when Jeff and I started hanging out, um somehow we got on the topic of crypto. Yeah. And and then um, so for for me, um a a friend, our mutual friend, Chris Mortimer, he works um at Interscope Records. Um, he had he I guess you guys were on the phone. Um, we were DMing, yeah. Yeah, you were DMing, yeah. and and he was telling him about um about NFTs and explaining it to him, and then he explained it to me, and I'm skipping a lot of things, but you know Jeff came out of his office and said, um, "Have you looked at your Coinbase wallet lately?" And I looked at it, and I was like, "So what's this about NFTs?" Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> this, was like, and, this was like November, December, 2020. Yeah. I think this thing's kind of fallen. Anybody who knows that timeline will know what that all that means. Anybody who doesn't know that timeline, it means that uh, there was a big crash, and I ignored my crypto wallet, and then it, there was like a revival. Yeah, so it was like November, December of 2020, and Chris Mortimer had DM'd me, and he's like, "Dude, there's this thing happening in NFTs," and he knows, like, I'm a digital artist. Like, I've been in digital art for a long time. I, when I was a kid, like, I was making ANSI art out of, like, you know, pre-Windows, like, MS-DOS, like, ANSI blocks. Nice. And we were, I was in, like, this BBS, like, this whole BBS hacker scene. And, like... Wait, wait, you, like, we, we had to talk about this. Yeah. Things. We were, like, doing freaking. Yeah, like, phone, phone freaking. freaking. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, where's yeah. sites. I had, like, get a out red of your box, heads, the blue and, box. Yeah. And I was doing all that shit. And I was, we were doing, like, long... I was in, like, art groups and shit. I was, like, smoking weed and just, like, making art. And, yeah. and, and there were, like, hundreds of artists around the world that were in these art groups releasing packs every week. Yeah. And no one gave a shit about it. Like, we were this, like, real, like, underground. And anybody who came out of there, it wasn't like you left that scene and went like, oh, I'm going to be a digital artist because there's like a, there's a way to do it. It was like, well, I guess I'll have to go into like commercial art and work yeah. at an agency because like, where else could you apply that skill? Right. Right. Especially coming from like Florida, where I came from, there was like nobody getting out. Like it was like, you, you weren't like in New York where people are going to like art school. You were like fishing and like maybe working at the bait shop, you know? Is so non sequitur. Hold on. But do you, do you yeah. remember the hacker quarterly? I think it was called 2600. Yeah, yeah totally. That shit was so cool. Tw and the 2600 bod. Yeah, that yeah. was it. And the art on, on it was like always like very, it's still, I still use it as a reference yeah. to this day with some of my creative teams. Yeah. Because it's just like, it was so fucking weird. I had a lineman's handset. You know, so did I? Yeah. 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 I stole mine. <laughs> I stole mine too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From out, yeah. out the back of like, very a, illegal. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't steal mine. I'm just kidding. ATT truck. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, feds, please. No. Yeah. This no is a long time ago. Um, 
to go back, like when Chris Mortimer told me about what was going on in NFTs, he's like, you need to get into this. And I didn't understand. I was a right click save guy at the beginning. I was like, I'm a digital artist. I've never been able to monetize or build community around this stuff ever. Like, you mean to tell me that people are buying JPEGs now? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. And then he showed me the thank you XJ and Silva drop that he was doing and it clicked. And then we we dove into the space through photography. Um, and then when the Beeple sale happened, it was like, holy shit, like there's a real moment here. There's a, it felt like a renaissance for what was happening with digital art. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like for me, it was like this thing that I've had to do, like I created, I started an agency. I've worked, you know, done digital art as a commercial product for brands for a long, long time now, or for musicians or whatever. You mean I might be able to actually do this as like an art form and have it valued like that? It was like a big, big well, shit. Have yourself, have yourself um, put yourself out there because, yeah. you know, it, you in particular, what, what I saw and, and also it's like, I mean, it, it was there was also like a lot of emotions like we were all stuck in our houses and spending a lot of time together. And um, but I was watching um, you start to um see yourself and your art differently um yeah because because it had always been client work and now all of a sudden um you were like putting out your own you were putting out photography and um and i was like getting jealous because he was making sales and i was like but i'm a career photographer right and um but i can also relate to that and 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 then and you were being kind of like celebrated for your point of view your own point of view, mm -hmm. not just through the eyes of um, like you were being recognized, yeah. you know? And I there's mean, maybe less of like a curation process and all of these other sort of steps that you have to go through. You're sort of just like self-curating, yeah. sort of like creating your own. Absolutely. Right? That, yeah, Absolutely. This isn't a bad segue to talk about your own career, Lindsay, and, and your, your own NFT work. So you are an extremely accomplished photographer. Um, is it okay to say that? I mean, you give me a face. That is, that is okay. Yeah, I think it's very accurate. Like it's very like, accurate. like, like objectively accurate. I would say. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just like there's so many things I want to still do. So okay, okay. And, well, but yes. But so uh, thank you, thank you. I mean, I, I have been able to survive as a working photographer since. Um, uh, you, know, I haven't had like an office job since 2007. Wow. Um. That's that. Yeah, I would say that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's great. So, so walk me through it a little bit. I mean, how did you get started in the in the space? I mean, like in photography, and then can you kind of figure out a way to get from 2007 to your first NFT? <laughs> how did I get started? Yeah, so how did it start? Yeah, let's start there. Like how did you transition from? ad sales at Thrasher and Juxtapose magazine. Which is also very fucking cool. And we could probably spend a whole podcast just by talking about that, by the way. Um, How did you transition from that into photography? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate to have jobs that are like really fun because um, my, I rem you know, you hear that saying like, if you find something that you really love, then like, and you use it or let it kill it. you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> then like you never really work a day in your life. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm also a workaholic and so is Jeff. I also like I thought I was going to be a businesswoman. Yeah. Like honestly, I like I'm a business. I'm wearing slacks right now. Um and and you know like I, I that was kind of like what you did 
like my, my, you know, like a doctor, a lawyer, a business person, like that was where I grew up, like that was success. And, um, and so I wanted success, of course, and for people to be proud of me and blah, 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 blah. And I actually didn't think that I had a talented, like a, an artistic bone in my body. I tried and, but I, I also didn't really fit in. And, um, and so anyway, blah, blah, blah. How'd I get, how'd I get into photography was that one time I got a camera from my boss at Thrasher and I was trying to, um, do my job and, and prove that I was where I was. And then I started looking at my photography and I saw, um, there's this photographer who's very controversial now, um, and was then, uh, that I really admired. And I saw a behind the scenes, um, at Sports Illustrated with him and, um, we had the same camera and he said, it's not the camera, it's the eye. And I looked at it and, and my work and I was like, oh, I think I'm like kind of good at this. And can I ask what the camera was? <laughs> it was a Yashika T4. Okay. I know actually. exactly what you're talking about. There's a joke of, with her friends where she'll take photos literally everywhere like we'll be going out she's like i'm not going to take a camera and that means she's not going to take a big camera but she still has like three stuff in her bag <laughs> and she'll take photos of everything and then they end up on a hard drive and people are like the, the joke is it's the vault we'll never see those photos but there are mountains and mountains of hard drives that's awesome that's yeah, so and because the editing part is actually really challenging of being like how do i want it do i want to release these are like my memories i think the people who are most successful at their craft um what i've always admired is just like letting someone else be the editor like mm. you know mm. um which is contrary to like i was literally a book editor for 10 years like you know very much up, and that's kind of the role that i play even at the company to this day yeah. like is not originating the thing but like steering it and paring away shit and like sculpting it from there yeah and but just to get that first bit out to get to that you know, it's it, the, the editing mind harms that initial creative process so much. And I and it's, it translates to everything I do, even like photography, for example, where I'll just be like looking around and be like, oh, I should take that picture. But like, no, because of like some reason why I I'm going to not thing. do that. And then it's like, well, actually, if I just fucking did that all the time, I would have more stuff and it would work out more. Um, I do something the same like that. thing. It's like full of regret all the time. But Editing is such an incredible art, actually. It's a it's a art art form. Um I'm really bad with words. So I, I need I need an editor. I prefer it I'm really bad at editing anything of my own. Um, because I get really attached to it. So it's like I want to keep I just Does like the editing like I only know this as a short story writer, so it's like my way in here, but like <laughs> does it feel personal? Does it feel like it's an attack sometimes? Some, well, no, you mean when somebody edits? Yeah. Um, like your work. My work. No. Good. I got, I got over that. Yeah. Um, but, good. but I, um, I didn't have a lot of, of confidence that I could go out and be a photographer after Thrasher, uh, my boss who had empowered me to do just about everything. Um, he died and, um, and I got a job, uh, working for Coachella because I had, um, I had taken a camera to Coachella and I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to go work for these people and um, set out to get a job there and became the marketing director for Coachella for 2007, that, which was the Rage Against the Machine year. And it was wild and crazy and it sold Very out. Cool. It was it was all my success that it sold out. No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> actually, I did like literally nothing. And, um, <laughs> and then... And then um, I started dating someone actually who was in a touring band and um, 
she like wanted me to take photos all the time. I actually, she was trying to get me to date her and I wasn't dating her and like whatever, because I was like, I'm not queer and because that didn't fit into my box of things. And um, she was like, come make these books and like, I'll take you on tour. And I, I had a, um, I had a job interview at an agency and I was like, I am going to either go to this job or I'm going to say yes to this opportunity, which was very, very scary. Yeah. Um, cause I had had a job, like a job since I was like 13, I started working for my dad or 12 and then had jobs, um, since my like first work permit. And, um, and I did that and then that was it. Then I was like, this is going to be my life and career. I think the one, <laughs> yeah, well, I think the one thing about your photography and what, what's happened between now and then is you have a, a way of looking at the world that comes through in the photo like it's like that idea of like it's about the eye not the camera there's a there's you can see like into people in a way that comes through in the photo yeah and I like and I think it probably comes from your like you love people and so like and working with people and bringing that out of people it's really it's a profound talent I think I don't fucking have it. I hate people. No, I'm not I, very I, conceptual. <laughs> I, I'm not a conceptual artist. I'm like pretty like I like people. I, I like I want people to like I said earlier, I want I want people to see themselves the way I see them. And if I can if I can get it, you know, it's then. the balance of it is I mean, having gotten to know you a little bit, it's very apparent that you are this auteur that like you are in like your your vision of it is in every photograph and it's yeah. like and it is just very distinctly you and i would agree that it has a lot to do with your love of people like very clearly shines but not in like a cheesy way that's the thing <laughs> it doesn't feel like yeah thank you thank you it feels authentic it feels like it hits the soul of someone it like yeah, yeah. this is yeah. awesome no, 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 no. it's high praise but I'm, I'm i'm you know i'm a fan that's you know thank you so but, much um, yeah but i think the interesting thing that this space like has done for you and done for so many others is you. allowed people who were like maybe creative in one way to now experiment or not even experiment like release the stuff that was like personal yeah in a way that because they never thought that they could like her collections that have sold out by the way like she's sold out both collections that she's released they're sold out like immediately yeah. are all like not one of them's landscapes and the other is like yeah. people underwater yeah. it's like not the soul piercing you know portrait work that she's done in the past so and i and i and even for my own like i didn't go release digital art even though i've created it for i i released photography because that's what was personal to me right so yeah, yeah. like that's that was an You're interesting a great photographer thing for us to come into the space and be like all of a sudden oh wait like i can actually like let a little bit more myself out here yeah i had an experience um there's an, another photographer that i was on this panel with her name is Brittany, and um we were in a uber lift who knows what we were in we were in like one of those cars and um and she didn't know like what i like who i photograph and and it was like really cool when I told her she like actually she was a huge fan of um, one of the bands that I've worked with for a long time. And um, she kind of like teared up. But then I had this moment where I was like, oh, man, she like liked me without that. And that was something that we both got wow. um, out, out of this was um, or continue to is kind of like being able to show people who we are, what we see, our, our point of view. Yeah. Um, and um, I didn't. I just put out the collection at like three in the morning. 
Um, and Jeff, I think you were my first collector. Yeah. And and um, <laughs> and I was like, here he goes again. Well, you were my first collector. Tell him the story. Why don't you? I thought we were going to break up. Oh, my God. Okay. She released a photo on Foundation. I was he released I, a I was photo photos and, and they were selling. She released a I was photo. Kind of jealous. <laughs> and and it, it it didn't I bought it. It didn't sell five seconds later. I bought it from an anonymous <laughs> wallet. Oh my god. Because I thought I was doing the right thing. That, I was like, I'm No, so, you did do the right thing. That is so <laughs> fucking cute. Oh but, my god. But here's the thing, right? I bought it from an anonymous wallet, but it devolved into like three months of just like pain. Lies. For me. Lies, yeah. actually. Oh, it yeah. didn't sell for the price that she it should have. And it didn't get traded on secondary and, uh, and like all this stuff. And it so was like, what did I put it up for? Point one. Like it was just like ridiculous. <laughs> a one of one. <laughs> so a this thing is sitting photograph. in my wallet. And yeah. this is pre like this is pre foundation's ability oh to to transfer stuff you couldn't actually train it so once they offered the ability to like transfer it out i can't remember what it was there was some functionality they launched i transferred it back to her from the anonymous wallet because i was like oh okay like i had asked him the by the way if he was the one who bought it uh, and then he lied to me he fucking lied to me like looked at me and lied to <laughs> that, me and that's I, the hard part. Part. your then, reaction when, when it got sent back to you she was like what the f this no thing no i was like Oh my God, this is amazing. People are really good. <laughs> people, people, this anonymous person is giving me like a second chance. And then, um, and I remember exactly like I, she something I she happened. She the wallet. And, mm -mm. No? Something happened and I looked at him and I was like, just, I just saw it. I was like, it was you. It's a well and he was like, it was, it was, a well it was me. Yes. Well, it turned I'm a terrible liar. Two so as, months. Soon, as soon as she said that, I was like, <laughs> I had to like, I like admitted it to a person that I had met in the space. And I was like sobbing. And I'm like, I think we have to break up. Like he's a liar. Oh, no. He lies. Oh, he's, wow. he's a person oh, who and lies. And on my side, I'm like, but no, I was trying to do the best thing. I could. Yeah. And I was like, oh, uh, -uh. what else boy. have you lied about? Wow. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, her name? <laughs> like, <that's just> like, <laughs> it was, it, it was like it was bad. It was a it was a very low point for us. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Which was supposed <laughs> to be a high point. I mean, like sobbing when I would like admit to be. It was also embarrassing. But I was it, embarrassed. It, yeah. What it did was it actually like like stopped her from releasing for a little while. And so for when, a very long time. And uh, then something because else she wasn't happened. sure if some if people actually gave a shit about her work. Right. It was like, oh, oh that was you. Yeah. Right. But then when yeah. she released the collection, it was like it sold out immediately. It was just like it went up. She posted it. People saw it and like immediately. It was when collections yeah. had happened, so yeah. we were like, we felt, were watching the market. It did, but you know, like I'm an artist, I'm a photographer. Like I fucking hate myself, actually, and um, and so it's just always like finding a way to tear myself down, and and um, and then the process begins. You know, my next collection, I had quit photography. We went on vacation. I quit everything, and um, just was, I'm one, right? done. Yeah, and I, I was just way. like hanging out. I, I think, you know, you said something earlier before we got in here about pain, like that the, they're sort of needing to be pain. Yeah, a little bit of pain, a little bit of suffering. Good. Too much suffering, fucking terrible, right? Yeah. But like not enough, you know? And it's like, and as we like, and I'm mm. starting to think about how this applies to like everything because like society, culture, because of like this digital age that we're living in, it's just like becoming so easy to avoid any form of pain or suffering. You don't even want to be alone in your thoughts anymore. It's like, yeah. I can just instantaneously go on TikTok and it's like, give me dopamine, give me dopamine. Yeah. And, uh, or just like whatever it is. And it's like, well, I think as humans, like my, my instinct is like, no, 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 we need a little bit. 
like consistent doses well, it's of also, poison. It's a, you know? it's a little different than that, though, because like there's always suffering. There's plenty of suffering. No, no, there's Even always existential. The one, but it's but, like the acknowledgement saying, of it or like the like some other aspect. Like the of, dealing. Yeah. The dealing of like the confronting right. of suffering is what I guess it is. Yeah. yeah I think it's the confronting yeah. part. It's it's the like feeling it and not pushing it away and actually yeah. like going into it yeah. and then like being like, oh, that's there. And then whatever needs to be done from there. That's right. the self-soothe part. It might be work on it. It might it might be it might evolve itself out of your you know consciousness or whatever but yeah i mean as much as as much success as you've all had you still suffer in of course (laughs) every human you know like yeah i think that people also it's really like easy to look at people's experiences and see and see just sunshine and forget that like everyone feels all the emotions and and what you're saying is that it's or what i'm hearing you say what i'm understanding um are societally you know we're we're told that we're not even supposed to like be unhappy ever yeah you feel unhappy take a pill you know you feel like we are supposed to have all of those emotions um i I had a therapist say to me once how do you know um that it's a like what kind of day is it out right now he said look out the window and i said it's a beautiful day and he said how do you know it's a beautiful day and and I was like, oh. you say and I was like, oh, yeah. because I've seen a bad day, and and right. I think about that a lot. Yeah, it gets a little weirder, like <laughs> for us right now, at least for me, maybe a little. Bit. I don't know if you can relate, Greg, but like, you know, we become kind of like pseudo public people to some extent, yeah, because of our success in and a way that you clearly were not pre docs. Like it was very much the opposite. Yeah, I didn't want. I didn't yeah. want this. I never wanted any yeah. level of attention. You know, I always thought that like it was like. I just wanted to be judged based on my work, you know, yeah. it's like my whole life, you know, I never really cared about anyone knowing who I was. And then it's weird. It puts me in a weird dynamic. There was like, it's probably sharing way too much, but like uh, the day that we posted that thought piece that was getting a lot of traction, that was like one of the worst days of my life. I had a colonoscopy and I was making a joke about it on Twitter that day, actually. But what people don't know is that I aspirated on my bile, got aspirated pneumonia, was in the ER all day. And then my own mother was also in the ER that day because her fucking colon twisted. Mm. We were both like on the verge of fucking dying because I my like I instantaneously shot up like 105 fever. It was like fucking scary. Crazy. Like and it was like, you know, but it's like and it's a weird dynamic where I'm like. I, I I swear to God, I went in the Discord and was like making jokes, and I wasn't talking about this, but I was just like yeah. I did, I didn't want people to know yeah. that I was going through something really horrible. Yeah, and it was a very weird time. I don't know. I think one of the things that I've noticed more recently is in kind of in relation to that, but is people in the space. There's a lot. It, there's a lot of like heaviness yeah. in right now to what's going on in the world but then there's also like the 24 7 cycle of of the nft space and web3 space gets it's like wears on people yeah and people are sharing about it are starting to yeah and and when they're sharing about it like the the engagement on that stuff is through the roof because other people are like oh my god you too right like there's that shared back to connection like yeah. because you see it and you're like oh well that person must be like killing it all the time right like yeah and and when they're like actually I'm not I kind of feel fucking weird or some some you know people are like oh my god like me too you know it's it's hard for me to feel like um, fully authentic with my like own struggles you know yeah uh, because it's like I don't feel like it's a my place to share them with the community based on our positions within it you know it's like yeah. I want to just I want to be as much of a blank slate as possible because of of what we do and what we're building particularly for the BAYC you know yeah um and I'm not trying to kvetch I'm not trying to like oh woe is me I know I know Greg's gonna tell me to cut all this but it's no no I mean you know, it's it's, it's just, real he's editing you, know? you right it's now it's wild yeah. um I mean it's just also like funny that day I was like writing 
parts of that shit like yeah. in line at, at Disney World. Yeah, um, yeah, you were supposed like to be on vacation, family vacation, and it didn't even work like, out. You know, COVID basically, but yeah. it was like this is important today. We got to get this out. So like here, I, you know, yeah. going to do this right now instead. There's an expect yeah. like an expectation that you would say something, or just you know, the space doesn't stop, and we have a lot of like responsibility within it and um i don't know just like the we, we always feel like we got like a fire under our butts that same photographer that that i was talking about i was i was talking about the board api club to her as well and she was like you're not you're not like the other apes and i was like no i i am she's <laughs> like but you're like really nice and cool and you're not like a bro and and i was like yes and and that's something that we talk about how why we love the project so much and why we wanted to know you all is that it's what you just said you have a lot of influence and responsibility and um and and that's really important to have that um and and you know that is is to have that balance because um because like people's lives matter and what you say matters and and we've recognized that in in you all and in your team and how you've moved um how you've moved through your success and with your success and and we really admire we really thank admire you it. thank you well yeah and it, I, it goes both ways by the way we, we deeply admire the, you guys well thank you and and i think like to that point like where that comes from you know we were joking i was like i'm terrible at small talk <laughs> i just am but well like if we go deep on something like i'll sit for hours and we can just go deep yeah and i think a lot of that comes from like i'm sober i've been sober a long time you know like close to 20 years and that work that i do and, and you've been sober a long time too i'm yeah can say that yeah so you know and the work that you have to do yeah. in order to survive right and because like the bridges that were burned like the life experience that was like gnarly yeah. <laughs> prior like you end up with in this place of having like a different and I, again i'm not trying to be like egotistical or high horse because yeah. of like oh i'm sober but like there's this different relationship to the actions i take and the the things that I do in the world around me yeah. that just come it's part of it's like life experience and like getting older and then part of being part of it is having to like face that stuff a lot of people in go through life and they don't ever have to really face that stuff yeah. because they don't have the like affliction of being like I'm a fucking addict and I burnt all this shit down yeah. right and and so in yeah. as gnarly as it can be it's also been super powerful in my life in being able to like show up yeah be responsible, like do the right thing, even when it isn't necessarily the see, as much as most important or the thing that feels right. As know? much as you say that it was like how we found each other uh, was like through authenticity or just like bullshit meter thing. I actually think, and if it's okay if I say this, I know we've talked about it, but it's like, you know, I was in a 12 step program for many, many years and uh, had a horrible drug addiction as a kid. And I got past it. Now I can, you know, drink yep. recreationally. And, and that's just, you know. You're so lucky. No, nah, but it's like, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe I was never really an alcoholic to begin with right. or, or yeah. you know, whatever it was. But anyway, uh, the I still practice the 12 steps. Um, that, yeah. you know, and that's still a huge part of my life because it was it was my uh, my on-ramp into uh, uh, spirituality and religion. And 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 like it, it, it gave me everything I needed. But the tools that I learned in that, yeah, made me show up to life. You know, well, that was what it was. And like, and I, before that I didn't, you know, it's had so much pain and suffering and bullshit from childhood and all that shit. And then, you know, there was like, um, it was deeply, that was the first family I found was in my, my, there was a place here in Miami. It was a 12 step group that was pretty infamous back in the day. It was filled, it was a young person's meeting. And that was 
those were my people. It was the first time in my life I ever felt like I belonged somewhere. Well, <laughs> the thing the thing that we the the thing that I've learned over time of being sober has been this idea of like, okay, how do I bring that out into the world in, yeah. in some way? So that like there's this, I'm a fucking super selfish person. Like that is like the core like affliction yeah. is like self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. The, the root of the disease. I am, basically. I am like, right. And so yeah. I have to do a lot of work to combat that. Yeah. And and so then and and that like looks like all kinds of shit. Like I hate myself. I think I'm the best. Like, you know, whatever, right? Like get I need mine. Yeah. Talk to me, don't talk to me. Yeah, exactly. Why, yeah. why aren't you talking to me? So then like moving into business, like, and and like I grew up, like I got sober at 22. So I'm 41 now, right? Like I've grown up as a sober person, yeah. like dealing with like these sorts of, like how do I operate in business? How do I run a business? How do I like show up responsibly? How am I honest through, you know, whatever. And then, and then taking the knocks in life and then trying to like flip them around and turn them into something good. And so like, I don't, I don't know. I just think that I, I wish the broader society could have like a, would tap more into that, like that feeling of like rigorous honesty and service and yeah. things, because I just think that like a lot of what we see that is super fucking harmful is like envy and self-centeredness and jealousy, you know, like those are the things that like kind of like make it hard yeah. to just like exist. Yeah. And we know? fuck up all the time. We fuck up all the time. Like, we fuck up all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I think one of the, the interesting things that's happened over the last couple of years has been, and I've, I'm in talking to a lot of people, a lot of people are going through their own version of this, but I had some folks 10 years ago when I was running a business and I was like directing music videos and I was like doing all kinds of stuff. And it would be like, I'd be over here doing like a digital activation for Nike. And then I'd go direct a music video for Rihanna. And then I'd go like do a album package for somebody else. Just some little. And it, but it, I was like really spread out. I was kind of all over the place. And they said to me, and they shall remain nameless. They said to me, I don't know what to come to you for. It, it, you're sort of all over the place. Are you a director? Are you a creator? Like, what yeah. do you do? And it and because of the affliction of self that we were just talking about, that stuck with me for like a good six, seven years where I was like, oh, man, like I'm going to fucking they're right. Like, you know, like I'm going to show them and whatever, whatever. And then coming into Web3 in the past couple of years, coming into authentic artists and building with AI and doing all the things that we're doing, it actually brought all of those life experiences together in a really powerful way, like the the ability that all the things that I've done in my creative career have all come like they're all happening at once. And so I was able to then take that and go, oh, wait a minute. Like that was the biggest blessing that that person said that to me. And I'm super fucking grateful for that person. And the only way I was able to do that was by like doing work on it. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, not just being like resentful asshole. You said that to me this morning was like, I'm so grateful for that experience and mm. for, for that person. And um, and all of a sudden that like resentment has melted away um, yeah. all of a sudden. And, you know, it took a very long time. Yeah. Um, I also am very much driven by, um, is it scorn? I'm, <laughs> I'm driven. I'm very different. I, I, I am like, my name is everywhere. My, like my handle is my name. Mm. I was not anonymous. I want people to know. Yeah. Um, I, I want to be, I'm like, I like, I want, I want to prove people wrong. Yeah. Mm. Like as if I know what they're thinking of, me. you know what I mean? <laughs> because like, and yeah. yeah, I want that. Like I want, oh yeah, you were it. like kind of mean to me in high school. Right. And I was like, 
maybe they weren't even mean. I was like pants in high school and like oh. uh, at I know. Yeah. I know, yeah. but like by the surf, there was a surfer bench, but also I was like the only girl who was on the surf team. Let's but, find um, them. But you know, I want them, I wanted them, I want them to know yeah. Yeah. that I yeah. became something. <laughs> you know? I get that though, I get that. I, I felt mean, a little bit of that when we were, yeah. we were still flying under the radar. Like I came to tech really late, had like crazy uh, imposter syndrome throughout like, like my whole brief career before starting this. And yeah. so like, for the longest time, I wanted so badly to be like, hey, everybody that like I worked with, I wrote the smart contract. Yeah. Like right. it's like whatever, like exchange or whatever for a short period of time. Or like it's so satisfying now to be public. I haven't talked to any of these people, but I imagine it would be a, an interesting conversation. We're running out of time here. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I wanted to address one stupid little more bromance thing between you. Okay. So we're obviously I don't know, not everyone's gonna be, you know, watching the clips of this, but yeah. you and I are both <clears throat> extremely covered in tattoos yes and uh, i've gotten to a point in my life where i actually think they're my own tattoos are hellaciously stupid and i kind of regret every single one of them <laughs> but except for one my very first one and you and i have the same tattoo from the same no 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 no. oh so my, my first tattoo, tattoo when i was 15 years old was the word unity oh yes okay. and it was from the band operation ivy yeah and because it was a very meaningful song to me it was all about you know unity one of the yeah. best bands and of all time. one of the best bands of all time yeah it was my first record i ever owned Yep. And uh, I got it on my leg, and you also have the same tattoo for the same reason. Same tattoo for the same reason. Yeah. Different places. Mine's on my shin. Yours is on your shin. Yeah. Mine is on my lower back. Oh, yeah, yeah, lower back. This is when I knew, when I saw that, I was like, this is, that's that's a hor that's horrible placement. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're for me. You know, like, I, I love that band. And... Um, I remember you can often hear me um, singing that song. That's right. It's true. She she'll unity. come into the room and be like unity, unity. <laughs> sing it at me. Yeah. Amazing. Exactly. But the thing is, like, I it, it's funny because in I grew up in Florida, yeah. and and there wasn't. I didn't grow up down here. I grew up in Central Florida, and in Central Florida, there like wasn't anything going on. Yeah. And so when well, a there was like five punks here, man. Just to be yeah. clear, <laughs> it wasn't. But a you lot. had some. Shows. No, yeah, we had. Some there was shows. like a yeah. local scene. Yeah, it was a small local scene. Yeah. yeah, we didn't have shows. Like, like, and so if bands came through, and there was this like one time that there was like this weird ska festival that came through, and I remember seeing these dudes with unity on their lower back. And I was like, I was like, when I got old enough, I was like, I'm gonna get that tattoo. <laughs> so, so, so I mean, you know. So good. And then it's funny too, because we both have the We boat. both have, we both have the ships yeah. the same spot. You guys have too. matching tattoos. Jeff we, and I got matching tattoos um, like action, a month into our relationship. And um, do you guys have tattoos? No, not a one. Not one. Yeah. So um, we should all go get matching tattoos. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm otherwise, yeah. like, are we even friends? I don't know. I know just the guy this, here. Yeah, this this pressure. The last thing I was going to say is I think that there's like there's a there's a connection through like that love of like the punk rock roots yeah. and, and sort of that thing. I Totally. That I think it's like you either are. It's not even about the music. Huh. It's like the mentality. Like you either are about that. Like, let's fucking go like yeah. DIY, DIY or you're not. Yeah. And you guys embody that, we embody that, and like the yeah. people we like embody that. So I'm stoked to meet you guys more, or like yep. learn more about you guys. And, awesome. And hang, you know? So What's thanks your, for having us. Thank you guys so, so much, much for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Don't tune out just yet. 
producer Fallon here to remind you that this, this is, is Web3. Do your own research and make your own decisions. This podcast is not legal, financial, tax, or accounting advice, or an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy any financial product, currency, or security. The views expressed are opinions of the individual participants and are not any type of guarantee, representation, or warranty of any kind. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Or whenever we feel like it. Welcome to the fucking metaverse.